Welcome to Concerning the Spiritual in Art, a podcast exploring spirituality, consciousness, and the creative process. I'm your host, Martin Benson. Welcome back to uh, Concerning the Spiritual in Art. Um, I'm Martin Benson, and today I have a really special episode for you. We're going to switch it up a little bit, and we're going to be interviewing a musician. Um, I know we've been exploring visual art um, a lot. That's what I do. It's a big part of what I'm interested in, but I'm also interested in creatives of all kinds, not just musicians and visual artists, but writers. And so reaching out to a lot of different guests, and today will not disappoint. Um, I interviewed Matt Blankenship, the lead singer of The Sometimes Island, this amazing indie pop sort of synth pop band um, from Los Angeles. And um, we just had the most incredible conversation. It went to so many places. We talked about, you know, his musicianship, his history as a musician, but also like creative process in terms of songwriting. But then it really got into some other kind of territories talking about consciousness and sort of the relationship between like sound waves and light waves and healing and sort of how all these things tie together to sort of guide us on our journey as artists um, and it's just a really inspiring conversation. We had so much fun recording it, and I think y'all are going to enjoy it a lot. Um, so here you go, Matt Blankenship. All right. All right, Matt, welcome to the podcast, dude. Super excited to have you here and to reconnect. Um, how are you I, doing? It's so good to be here, man. I'm imagining uh, some like theme music going on in the background that might yeah. still be at this point that's awesome production and for those and for those of you that um for don't know matt and i actually met way back in college and we always kind of really connected just both being artists and creatives and it's just super special to be able to kind of circle back with you here in this kind of format um i wanted to kind of start us off by just sort of exploring your musical origins so matt is a part of this band like you heard in the intro the sometimes island and it's just like synth pop indie pop music but there's just so much beauty and light and fun but also really deep qualities to the music and the lyrics and i'm excited to kind of explore it more but how did this all begin for you uh, well music in general has always been like Dude, I used to have this like cassette, uh, one of these like cassette players where you could record stuff on there. And I would like be like recording myself on these little cassette tapes and stuff. And um, like I would stay up at night when I was like five or six and be just like singing Christmas songs like super loud, like in the middle of the summer or whatever. <laughs> My mom would have to like come in the room and be like, uh, we're, we're sleeping. Like, can you please stop? <laughs> So looking back, it seems pretty like obvious that I would have uh, choose to, you know, go down this path of being a musician professionally. But um, it's been a long, weird journey, like with this band, the Sometimes Island, it started as a, a side project to other stuff that I was doing. And I think that helped it because it was this way of me being able to like step out of the room or whatever I was doing with whatever other band or whatever and make what I really wanted to make and make the stuff that I could hear in my head and there's no deadline on um you know this needs to be out or these other people need to you know like this thing about it or that and just really express myself in this way that was uh the last time I really felt um similar was uh you know when I was like 14 and like first starting to make music in my bedroom and stuff in Texas where I was growing up so that's 
the long That's answer. awesome, man. So you <laughs> felt like you had to kind of like claim your artistry. Like sometimes it's because music is such a collaborative thing. And what's interesting about bringing, you know, you on this podcast, like me being a visual artist, I definitely have a lot of visual artists on here, but I want to like expand sort of the genre of this, what we can explore in this podcast, because artistry and creativity all have a lot of similarities in terms of process, but a big one with with being a musician in a band is that collaborative quality. And I can imagine at times if you're not really driving that ship and you have, it's obvious you have such like a deep creative vision and sort of aesthetic that you're trying to express. And so when you, that gets sort of limited, you kind of, it doesn't mm -hmm. feel the same, you know? So in a yeah. way, this new, this, uh, this band, the sometimes Island was kind of like a liberation for you creatively. Would you, would you agree with that? A hundred percent. Like, I've had my heart broken by the music that I've been playing so many times in so many different phases of my life. I remember being a teenager and um, like listening to my favorite bands on like my like CD player or whatever and being like, <laughs> what is that? Why? I've never heard it. <laughs> What's up, kids? It's, know, uh, right? Just Google it. Yeah. Um, and not wondering like why my music couldn't sound like this music that I was hearing. The first album that uh, we I ever really recorded in a studio was uh, my college band, P.S. Nevermind. And that was, uh, so that was like USC times. So we knew each other back then. And I recorded this album and I just listened to it afterwards. And I just was like, uh, like in tears. I was like, it sounds nothing like what I heard this sounding like in my head. Oh, like, there was... And so the more music that I've played and gotten better at like kind of connecting what I hear in my head with what's actually there and available to come out of a speaker has gotten better as I've gotten better. But also there's a um, like knowing when to compromise and when not to on something and knowing how to uh, not tell somebody what to play, but like get them on like completely enrolled in your vision of like what is happening in this song so that they aren't looking to you for what to do next. They know like the tone and the vibe of the song and they can express it in ways that you haven't even thought of yet wow. that are completely uh, synergized. You know wow. what I mean? Yeah, dude. I love that way of collaborating. Cause like, you know, there's always this push and pull when you do collaborative projects and mm -hmm. to be able to, you know, give the the partner space to be creative and express themselves is so important too, for like the holistic nature of what it is you're going to be creating. Um, yes. I, lo I love that you were conscious of that. You know, I could imagine a lot of people in musical groups, like just, you know, you can get myopic with your vision and it can be yeah. like all or nothing, but you know, there's a, push and pull there. Um, yeah. and so I think that's really interesting to hear that, that you're like thinking that way. Mm, yeah. There's a lot of egos in music and you can get myopic with, uh, even being like the side kind of person I've played with people who I won't name who are like, yeah, but like, I'm going to put my stamp on this song or like, I'm going to do my thing too, because I'm me. And not every song calls for like everybody's like logo to be like kind of like just stamped into whatever right regardless of its content like you have to be able to uh yeah like live that vision of this like, you know it'd be like, like an actor getting hired for a movie and being like i'm gonna say my like personal catchphrase from my life at some <laughs> point in this movie <laughs> like, what? 
that's such a good point man i think like being artists like the the ego is something that we have to be aware of but also have to manage a -hmm. lot and i think um and it gets the best and i can say my own experience it's definitely Mm -hmm. gotten the best of me in my past but like the more i'm creating the more i'm learning how to kind of let go of that quality of the ego that wants to control 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 and Mm -hmm. trying to find this more freedom to collaborate but not be attached to like the sense of like praise and identity and wanting Mm -hmm. you know you know what i'm saying it's um yeah it's definitely something that i mean everybody has an ego and has to deal with it but i think when you're an artist sometimes it can be a lot more um on the forefront of like creating issues for you and creatively you know yeah um there's a you've probably heard it because i think it's a william faulkner quote i think i even talked about this on another podcast but like the stephen king adapted it where it's like um kill your darlings have you heard that quote no kill your darlings yeah yeah william faulkner said in writing you must kill your darlings and stephen king's version of it was dude this is just like my favorite quote this comes yeah pull it up much now uh it's like kill your darlings kill your darlings even when it breaks your egocentric little scribbler's heart kill your darlings and like if you can do that you know not get attached to a specific outcome with your art that you maybe have like created this whole thing and put so much time into it and that the sunk cost fallacy of that is just that and there might be one tiny little good part about it and if you have the strength to just like throw the rest in the trash and keep that one good part mm-hmm. even though you spend so much time on the whole thing <laughs> you're gonna have such a better end product than you would if you're like you know marrying the details definitely <laughs> yeah that like ability to self-edit to like be able to mm-hmm. like let go to distill things down mm-hmm. i figure i've seen in my own like creative journey like over time like slowly trying to let go of trying to do every little detail time and trying to get down to like Mm -hmm. the essence of what it is I'm trying to do, you know? Um, but I feel like Uh that's an ongoing process you produce. Do you produce your, um, the music like, uh, like post-production, like after recording, are you a big part of that side? Yes. Um, for the sometimes islands music, it's been very different from the general process of like, record like writing a song recording the song mixing the song and then mastering the song and distributing it but the sometimes island it's more like i will come up with the ideas uh for the song and i will keep those away from uh recording for as long as possible like just keep it at living just as voice notes or in my head or whatever Mm -hmm. until i fully know what the song is and sounds like and then i'll start to record it and I'll do a little bit here and a little bit there. And that'll actually inform the song itself. Maybe it takes a complete left turn at that point. And um, I produce pretty much the whole thing and then wow. uh, we'll mix it. And um, I've started having other people mix it as well as a little more because I feel like there is a point of where um, even if I don't see that I'm doing it, I'm, I'm like getting attached to stuff that doesn't matter in it. Mm-hmm. And I need other people to help get rid of that and then uh uh definitely hire out the mastering process because that's just about having uh really nice gear and I guess right. like a good gear it's much more science than it is art where like mixing is maybe some engineers will disagree with me but um, for sure yeah I like 
uh, try to keep it all in-house as much as possible and uh, uh, try to just be open and like not getting attached to stuff because the more I can take away from something and still hear what I heard before in the idea, then that detail never belongs, you know, just really? like keep it minimal. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's such great yeah. advice for people out there who are starting art practices or on their mm-hmm. beginning, their art journey is, you know, sometimes, you know, like the old adage, like less is more and it's a real mm-hmm. thing, but it takes, I think it takes time to develop that sensitivity in terms of like editing and stuff. You have to listen to a lot of music. You have to be mm-hmm. critical. You have to really take a strong look at what you're doing and, and align it and compare it to like what this vision is in your heart, you know, in mm-hmm. terms of what it is you want to ultimately express. And there's a lot of play there. What sort yeah. of your like uh, creative process in terms of writing your music? Um, there's, there's two distinct sides and one is like the creating and one is like the editing and I keep editing out of the creating part entirely. Like, yeah, if I feel like if you edit as you create, you're just going to get stuck. And so Mm -hmm. sort of like create something, uh, without any sort of regard for like, if it's good or if other people are going to like it, but just like dive in there. And so, um, for that side of things, like to answer your question, I think, Half of it, if I'm lucky, is uh, just like inspiration. Like there's this space in between uh, waking up and going to sleep that keeps me from getting enough sleep sometimes. <laughs> or like right when you do wake up, that there's like an idea. And yeah. if you get down that idea, that is, uh, it just like comes from somewhere else. And then the other half of it is like just sort of the craft of it. It's like sitting down when... I don't feel particularly inspired or I feel tired or hungry or whatever and just creating something. And I feel like it's rarer that you'll get something really, really good that comes out of that type of session. But having that skill will allow the uh, the times where you do feel inspired or the times there's this like fleeting melody or image or whatever it is that's popped into my head at like, you know, two in the morning right before I'm dressed. <laughs> off and I need to jump up and record it without like waking up completely <laughs> like <laughs> it helps that side you're like so. in that metacog state you know like we're yeah. in that liminal space of consciousness <laughs> between waking and dreaming and I think in those spaces like I can relate you know like I feel like I sometimes can have like crazy insights in those kind of moments mm-hmm. you know because we're like sort of in this detethering phase from the physical body and moving into that dream space you know yeah. and it's in that space that like creativity is at its most manifest i mean think about a dream like talk uh-huh. about you know what i mean or the astral plane whatever you want to call it like uh-huh. this is the ultimate creative zone where like yeah. anything is possible and so to be able to like grab onto like a nugget of inspiration and be able to like pull it down from those planes of consciousness and manifest it physically. Like whether it's, I guess, like I heard you say, like making voice notes or something like Mm -hmm. that stuff. Those are like little gifts, you know? And I think that having the discipline to just get up and get it down is so important as opposed to saying to yourself, Oh, I'll remember it in the morning. Cause odds are you won't, you know? Uh, Yeah. You never will. 
I'm so curious for, I haven't talked to a lot of visual artists, especially not one where I like, I really love your style and the oh, kind of thanks. stuff that you make. Do you, do you ever uh, like paint your dreams? Like, do you see something and you're like, I need to get that down. Like, how does that process work for you when you're creating something? Um, Sometimes. Yeah. It's not really like, a, cause my work isn't really super narrative based, but like there's these right. images, right? Like there's mm-hmm. these, uh, Definitely like, um, I remember for a few years I was, and I still do, but not like as seriously as I was for a number of years, um, uh, dabbling in like lucid dreaming and like really trying to cultivate this wakeful state within the dream and had some just really far out experiences, um, in -hmm. those spaces where, um, there are these flashes of images and a lot of times they are like, I find myself when I get in those spaces of like wake waking, you know, dream states, I'm Uh usually flying through the cosmos, looking in wormholes and flying past planets and like experiencing like nebulous space of like infinite light. It's wild shit, you know? Um, and this is, I I can count on my hands, like how many times that's happened, but like when it does, it's like, holy shit, there's this whole side of the consciousness and the lucid space that is, um, pristine. And so sometimes, yeah, like they'll stay with me. Um, other times, like I'm really, I've been big into like meditation for a long time and, Mm -hmm. um, been on a deep meditative journey for myself to, as a part of my healing process. I feel like for me, my art and my, my sort of gravitation toward this life of being an artist really Mm -hmm. relates a lot to this idea of healing through uncovering like the true nature of my reality, you know, what the hell's going on kind of thing. (laughs) And, um, and every now and then, um, there's sometimes these visions or like things that pop into, like, it's almost me and my, my other friends, I have a close group of friends down here who are artists as well. And we Mm -hmm. were all into this lucid dreaming psychedelic space and, we yeah. always like refer to it as like a download, you know, it's like the universe. Oh. It's like we're downloading something <laughs> from the universe into our consciousness. And so I don't know, I don't think it necessarily comes from me um, in terms of consciously. I think it's something that yeah. I'm just like tapping into or receiving. And so sometimes those will come into it. And other times it's kind of like what you were talking about too, like playing, like I have this like feeling of openness you know, Mm -hmm. that I'm trying to kind of express and trying to make it sort of terrestrial. Like a lot of my work now is about like kind of bridging heaven and earth. So you see a lot of like Uh atmospheric qualities or like horizon lines and landscapes with these like cosmic orbs or like objects like floating and, you know, like, I don't know if you know, Terrence McKenna, like the transcendental object at the end of time, (laughs) Uh (laughs) kind of silly thing. So sometimes it comes through like playing a little bit with those sort of forms. Uh-huh. But it it varies, you know, I think um, sometimes I, you probably have this experience, like sometimes the inspiration will come, like you were saying, like in that sort of metacognitive state between waking and dreaming. Mm-hmm. Um, and other times it just, and or like in, you know, psychedelic trips, definitely have a lot of, you know, experiences in those that really mm-hmm. have informed my imagery over the years, big time. But other times it just hits me like a bag of bricks out of the blue sky, like out of nowhere, man. Like <laughs> I'm not even doing anything. I'm like riding my bike with my son on the way to school. And all of a sudden yeah. I, I really see the condition I'm in. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, all of a sudden it's like, 
I like shoot out of my body and I see that I'm just a dude on a bike with another dude, my young son uh-huh. <laughs> on a rock floating in infinite space. And it's like, I yeah. just explode out to the edge of the universe and then back in like a flash, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know yeah. how to explain those moments, but they're inspiring, you know, and I want to like try to express that feeling of like expansive infinitude. Yes. Also being grounded in earthly sort of terms. Does that make yeah. sense? <laughs> no, a hundred percent. I'm actually like relating to that a lot. I used to have this that happened more, but like in that exact space of like almost falling asleep or something, I would have my eyes closed and there'd be this like sensation of like like falling backwards, but up and away from myself until everything is just like zoomed out really far. Sometimes it's so jarring that like that will wake me up. I'm like, definitely. I know exactly what you mean. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff that um, I, we, people take for granted. And the moment that you can kind of get outside that um, can either be like a really, anxiety provoking scary experience or if you're in like kind of like a calm space like it can be really really uh revelatory about um you know just getting like a a 3d view of something that you had just been looking at in your own like tunnel vision kind of way and thinking about what's coming up next and then what do I have to do to make sure that this happens so that that doesn't happen and so Uh on that is life but it's nothing that like we really you know we're uh we like asked for um there's you know consciousness like still a mystery to science i was i was reading this article i wish i'm just like quoting stuff that i don't have the reference for right now but <laughs> like the this thought that our brains are um not consciousness generators but they're more of like like a radio like picking up yes. on something that's there mm-hmm. and so it is you know then funneled into like our physical, you know, we're in a body and like, we need to eat calories and like get sleep <laughs> and drink water. But that consciousness is just something that we're like picking up that is operating this kind of like, you know, ghost in the machine type thing that is also affecting our brain, which is affecting our interpretation of our consciousness. But the consciousness itself isn't something that our brain has like evolved to project a movie so that we don't die that's just like a tiny tiny part of it I know man that's such a fascinating thing to contemplate and and there's such a debate about like consciousness yeah exactly what you're talking about like is Mm -hmm. the is the brain a generator or a receiver of consciousness yeah and I think the more we dive into these quantum physics realms we're realizing mm-hmm. it's it's the latter. It's a receiver of consciousness, yeah. you know? And it's like, because everything seems to be wavelengths, right? Right. And, uh, and like this whole particle wave theory where like something can be both a wave and a particle at the same time. What uh-huh. the hell does this mean? <laughs> How like this back here isn't really there until I turn around and like look at uh-huh. it. Like it's it's right. all pure potential until it manifests based on, you know, my conditioning of my own brain, you know, mm-hmm. um, to me, it makes more sense to think about life in that way that, that our brains are receiving, um, especially having, you know, explored my consciousness and continually exploring it through meditative practice, breath work and psychedelics. Like, mm-hmm. I think that sort of initiates you into a different relationship with the mystery that's surrounding like what it is we're doing, you know what I mean? Um, Uh 
And we want to, I think it's a convenient narrative to think that the brain's a generator of consciousness because it upholds the Newtonian material sort of framework that has built reality as we know it today. Yeah. Um, but I think that that's built on false premises. I'm not a scientist though. So, you know, neither am I. Dude. I think that Let's there's, go. I think that I just think <laughs> that there's so much more going on. And the more I have these, openings um in my own consciousness it just seems and then the more i study too you know the ancient traditions uh -huh. on this planet the indigenous wisdom traditions um the eastern philosophies or even the western esoteric gnostic philosophies mm -hmm. um i think they're all sort of expressing the same idea and mm -hmm. it's it's interesting like materialism and consumerism and this kind of reality we're living in where it's, you know, everyone's obsessed with material success, right. And comfort. Um, I think it's a great time in our lives to see psychedelics come into the forefront, to see meditation be something more normalized, mm -hmm. to see artists who are maybe not necessarily talking about directly in the work, but be directly inspired by their own experiences, exploring their consciousness. Like I think we're moving slowly um, hopefully quickly eventually into like a new paradigm you know yeah what I mean? it feels like everything is kind of accelerating and uh there is like I feel like more of an attention to the direction because of that acceleration of everybody's thinking more about like thinking itself and there was like a time not too long ago you know like 50 years ago if somebody's like um, taking LSD and making music, it's like, oh, well, that that's gonna sound like trippy or this or that. And like <laughs> now we're in a world of where like finance bros are microdosing and then going and trading stocks and stuff. And like right. trying to see the Fibonacci patterns of a impending, like, you know, to help their day trading a little better. And I know. They're, they're not crazy doing that. Like everything is related to everything and it's all connected in this way that is like kind of beyond understanding, but um, I don't think that like we'll fully have like a grasp on the what without knowing kind of like the why as well, where like science will explain so much, but um spirituality is like ubiquitous. It's like every you look back through um all of time and like what is what are some universal things that are between all cultures is the sort of like acknowledgement of something more and what and exactly how to have a relationship with that God, this like universe, everything higher power is um, different from person to person. But like even science has come to the point of like, well, why is anything here? Well, this was the big bang. What is the big bang? It's just like a tiny, 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 tiny bit more of yes than there was no that like exploded <laughs> into everything. You I know? love that. Oh my God. I love the way you phrase that. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Because then it's like, I think there is a limitation. And I think this is why why science and art um, are belong together, you know, because I think mm -hmm. there's a lot of similarities between them. But I think what science does, well, um, art doesn't necessarily try and do and what art does really well, science isn't necessarily trying to do. So if we have mm -hmm. conversations between them, I think we might get a bigger picture of what's going on because science can try to reverse engineer and um and sort of break things down in a reductive way 
mm-hmm. forever. I mean, there's no ending. I mean, mm-hmm. we, 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 we thought the atom was it. And then we're like, no, there's this quantum thing happening. There are these uh-huh. quarks. And they're like, is that it? No, there's more. It's <laughs> like, it's infinitely going up and down in and out everywhere all uh-huh. around us. But then it comes back to your, your idea or like the question you brought up is like, well, then what the, you know, what the hell's the point of all this? Like, what are we doing here? And right. I think, I think spirituality and spiritual traditions have a lot more to say about that than, um, science does. And mm-hmm. so, um, and I'm, I'm never like a, this over that kind of person. I'm kind of a both. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think a lot about like, um, I think a lot about it in terms of philosophically thinking in terms of like relative and absolute truths, like in Buddhism, how the two mm-hmm. truths are there, like, like we can have this relative experience, like me in this body, you in this body, me with this life experience, you with that one and us coming together. But within that container of that relativity, there's this absolute space of interconnection. Uh And uh, there was never a time when you and I weren't together talking on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) In some sense, you know what I mean? hundred percent. It's, 100%. it's a trippy world. Are out there right now, um, having a psychedelic experience, listening to this conversation right now. I don't know, but if you are, you're safe and you're loved, and don't worry about a thing. It's all perfect. It's all good. <laughs> it's all perfect. <laughs> you're safe and you're loved forever and ever. That's my message to you, dude. Um, that is beautiful. Yeah. That's like God, higher power, spirituality. That's the message. I feel like what is the what is the what is the reason? You know, like what's yeah. the point? And it's love. Like yeah. it's we didn't get to decide the context in which we're existing, like the when and the why, or but like the why rather is just to love and to put love yeah. out there. Yeah. That's my take on it because I don't think that like that's something that that's why you need the both sides, like the art and the science, because science will um you can quantify what like love has on a physiological level or why you might want to feel this way because it has these positive outcomes and avoids mm-hmm. these negative ones. But um, there's a uh, just consciousness and love are the things that it's just like, it's really hard to put that down and sort of like measure it. Yeah. But you know yeah. it when you feel it, right? It's yes. like, it's a knowing it, like it kind of, it, it awakens like this inner wisdom inside all of us, this kind uh-huh. of like, I don't know. Like when we say love, like people, you know, I don't think uh, (laughs) Matt and I don't think are talking about like romantic love, even though that is a part of it. I think it's a bigger type of love, like a non-dual love, like a, like an infinite accepting of all things, an infinite container of security and, um, and oneness, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think as artists and as a musician, it's like, you know, listening to your music, like I was rocking out to your music today, you know, like you can feel the love through the vibrations, you know, (laughs) in terms of the energy, even if you're singing about something that's, you know, not necessarily like happy or like something difficult. Like I think, you know, um, and your song, like, um, Acapulco, you know, like you're thinking you're singing sort of about like a change, you know, you know, and, and changes, um, changes really a, the the thumbprint of our reality you know Mm -hmm. constantly but like it's hard you know but even in the hardship there that's still there's still love there you know Mm -hmm. 
like getting up every day is like hard. It's harder for, you know, people with like crushing depression than it is for somebody who's like really excited for, I don't know, whatever the big game or something that <laughs> that day, you know, yeah. but like it's life is like painful and it just is unrelentingly like that. But it's the, uh, it's the one context where I see the opposite of like humans. We tend to take uh, negative stuff and notice that and remember that. And I guess there's evolutionary reasons for this, but then like find the positive stuff and take it for granted as quickly as possible and forget that a good thing happened. But with this kind of stuff that we're talking about, it's what makes all of the pain of everyday life worth it at all. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. why do either of us want to be artists? I've been betting it's some sort of like version of that. Like there's some incredible moment that like, I just want to communicate with other people. Yeah. And even if I only get to truly effectively do that one time perfectly, like all of this will be worth it. That's Definitely, how I dude. Yeah. Cause the art is like communication and it's like, you know, largest sense. It's like a way for us to bridge a gap. Like, cause we live these in these individualized, you know, bodies, these, you know, that we have boundaries, mm-hmm. we have barriers between what we consider me and what is not me. And again, mm-hmm. we can get heady and be like, well, those aren't really there. You know, you're 99% empty space. There are no barriers. They're all constructions and illusions, <laughs> which yes, they are, but they're still real too. You know what I mean? They're yeah. relatively real. And so art is almost like a way of like reaching out. And then when someone receives that art, it's like, and, and resonates with it, they're reaching back and then we're touching, we're connecting. It's like, you know, you know, that mm-hmm. the, the Sistine Chapel, I keep thinking, you know, yeah. you know, with God and Adam, like they're, this like dainty hand, like trying to touch you. Know, fingers like, towards like, each other. <laughs> I kind of want to touch you, but I kind of like being where I'm at, you know? Um, but again, it's like, I feel like it's like bridge building. It's communicating, yeah. you know? Yeah. And and it's through that, it's like showing, showing us that like, we're not alone and that we're 100%. on this journey together. And that like my destiny is wrapped up in your destiny and vice versa. Yeah. And so for me, that what what that inspires is like a sense of responsibility to try and uphold a sense of humanity and um, dignity and sort of radical love and compassion for yeah. this situation that is rife with suffering and difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've you know, and everybody experiences you know that in some way in their life. Um, yeah. No, no doubt, guaranteed. Um, but yeah. the question is, it's like, is that pain and suffering, is it serving something else or is it leading you towards something that you can't be aware of yet? In my experience, it has like, mm-hmm. and so I look at painful experiences that arise suffering that I see in my personal life as like, um, a form of teaching me and guiding me toward, um, letting go more, you know? Yeah. Yes. Um, but it's easier said than done when you're in the midst of it, you know? And, um, yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like our our role ultimately is to again like be each other's like keepers, you know, and saviors mm-hmm. and lovers yeah. and best uh-huh. friends, you know. Yeah. Um we gotta we'll come together. Yeah. We'll never know like what's happening, like as it's happening, but um it all is towards like I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. Um, I'm a extremely spiritual person. I'm a Christian. That's something that I'd like grown up with and then kind of like gotten away from in my twenties. And then, um, like even I remember when I was 19 at USC, like 
having a psychedelic experience and just sort of like looking at this like parking lot that I was standing in with my friends and just watching almost visually but more like kind of the feeling of just like everything had like melded into like one thing there was no difference between me or the ground or these other things or anything else and knowing in that moment that like yeah like there absolutely is something bigger out there that is like an author of this whole pattern that I'm seeing and that like there's a reason this is happening now and there's a reason that everything that led up to this point is also happening and everything moving forward is like gonna be okay because I remember I kind of like came to again I'm like walking down like this parking lot at USC and I like turned to my friend and I was like dude grown-ups don't exist he was like what what do you mean (laughs) I'm like you know like when we're like kids we're like oh yeah like there's grown-ups but that's not real man it's just like it's just us and then we get older and like that's all that the, the people, everybody who's in charge of anything, they're just like, just kids that just kept getting older, man. They don't know anything else that we don't. He's like, whoa, dude. It's <laughs> so true, man. We're all trying yeah. to like, you know, figure, figure it out. And there's this notion that like the idea that there's, you know, someone out there who, who knows everything is, is kind of a false one. Like, I think yeah. we, all, we know everything through each other, through connecting with each other, because mm-hmm. we all, we all have those pieces. Um, yeah. I love that experience that you speak of, like where everything kind of melds together and there is no yes. separation. You know, yeah. I look at, I look at this stuff as a visual artist and you might think about it as a, as a musician a lot too. I think a lot about like sacred geometry and like these divine mm-hmm. patterns that we see replicated in everything of, that's created, yeah. you know, like we're, you used you, you mentioned Fibonacci, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like the golden section, um, you know, phi ratio and everything. And then seeing all these forms, um, how there are like these infinite creative patterns that build everything, but they're really all just vibrations, like wavelengths, yeah. you know, that uh-huh. like express themselves through geometry, but really it's all vibrations. It's wavelengths, visual, you know, light waves and sound waves are the same thing. Mm-hmm. So like for me, like I'm playing with light waves a little bit, reflective light waves, you know, off of pigments mm-hmm. and stuff um, yeah. and trying to, yeah, but trying to, you know, sacred geometry is just a big part of what I'm fascinated by because I find it's like that, the mathematics of it, the universality of, yeah. of that language is, is something that um, is a clue for us. There's a yeah. reason we see it everywhere. And when you're tripping on psychedelics, Mm-hmm. Um, depending on what kind of compound you are, how deep you are, what, you know, certain right. factors, but you can see the sacred geometry woven in everything. Yes. And it's you know, like the intuitive nature of like, I remember like looking at a tree and being able to be like, I, I know exactly like logically, like this, if it kept growing forever, like the trunk would have to get thicker like this. And these other things would like branches would come out here which would split off into other branches and this way that like my brain was in like a pretty like unlocked kind of state but it already knows all this stuff just like you know like a succulent knows how to grow into like new um leaves or extensions of itself that form the same pattern or like Mm -hmm. like uh romanesco broccoli dude (laughs) <laughs> whenever i'm in the grocery store and i see a romanesco man i like stop and stare for a while like i remember one time like because i don't get to see him that often they don't come through the grocery store right. i shop at that often but i remember uh-huh. like staring after a while and i like caught myself like well you're you know like i was like probably there for 15 <laughs> seconds some lady next to me is like dude are you okay like, do you, and i look at her i go do you see that 
that's amazing. <laughs> She's like, yeah, it's a Romanesco. <laughs> like, yeah, but do you see what it's doing? <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, these like fractal geometries, you know. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I really, I really like, you know, um, like to explore, you know, some woo-woo, heady, heady, like kind of um esoteric little things like related that's what to, we do on this on this podcast dude, man i love it i just it. think regardless of what's true or not true it fascinates me and i find resonance with it but are you familiar with like the selfeggio frequencies and like how there are these certain sort of wavelengths of sound these certain frequencies that like align with like the the chakras of like you know the no yoga dude it's crazy so <laughs> It's like, um, you see it a lot. You, are you familiar with binaural beats? Uh, I know what they are. I used to have on the first, uh, shout out Cool Edit Pro 2.0, licensed to Peter Quistgard. I think like millions of kids, yeah. <laughs> same fake license, had a binaural uh, setting where you could do that to a, a wave track or something. And um, it's like supposed to like help you with like learning or sleeping or whatever. Yeah. I haven't listened to a lot lately. Uh, really it gets your brain. It. It's like using sound waves to get your brain in like these different like theta states or delta okay. states, you know, like which like uh -huh. when they when they um, look at like meditators under like MRIs and like kind of study them, they see like the brain state, the frequency state is in these wavelengths mm -hmm. of like theta or delta and there's different levels and talk about revert back to what we're talking about with consciousness being a receiver it's like mm -hmm. depending on these wave states the the quality in the brain the experience is different and mm -hmm. so i guess it's sort of predicated on that idea but um binaural beats are used to like it's almost like a form of like sonic tripping really like everyone out there yeah. should try it like put on some headphones like you can probably find a ton on youtube and just like mm -hmm. lay on your back like you're just doing a relaxation meditation and let the music just like wash over you it's amazing mm -hmm. it's actually incredibly awesome but the selfeggio frequencies are like these certain hertz. I, I don't know them by heart. Like you, um, I'll send you something later. Maybe I can flash okay. actually something. I'm gonna flash something up right here that shows the selfeggio frequencies. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> and they align with the different sort of energy centers in the body. So like in, in yeah. yoga tradition, you have the chakras, but you also see it in like the meridians and Taoism mm -hmm. and traditional Chinese medicine or in Tibetan yes. Buddhism, like the different energy centers. So a lot of cultures talk about these things. And so like you play these wavelengths and they, they create like a resonance and like, for example, like your heart chakra. So like a certain frequency is a specific Hertz. Like I think it's 432 or something like this. Okay. Um, anyways, it's supposed to like do something to your energy body and it's just fascinating stuff to yeah. think about. And so um, I don't know, like as a musician, like playing with specific wavelengths, you know, and aligning them with like, maybe like how you tune your instruments or things mm -hmm. like this mm -hmm. to kind of touch into it. I'm curious if you've ever explored anything like that. I think about this stuff a lot and it's hard to put it into practice with like, cause I'm making pop music. Exactly. If I'm, if I'm making like, I really enjoy doing it and I don't really like have an outlet to release it, but like making just sort of like um, Brian Eno type, like just mm -hmm. long form soundscape sort of stuff. And um, so the ways that I am able to implement that sort of stuff with my music is kind of like thinking um, not about the wavelengths, but about like what particular um, like BPMs are doing. Like I find that if people are walking briskly, it's about like 103 BPM. Mm -hmm. 
And so if the song is like kind of like a walking vibe, you might want to put it at 103. And if you put it at like 106 to 110 or something, it'll still maintain that vibe, but there's sort of like a rushed, hurried quality to it, even though you could go, you know, a higher BPM than that, but it's just sort of like the way that your mind will think about it is slightly different that it's like, oh, this is kind of like a fast walk, like I'm late for something, or like, this is like a low, like a slower, like leisurely kind of thing. Like 128 is the BPM for um, a lot of like house music and stuff. Yeah, and so this okay. Is the standard, um, you know, kind of like four on the floor, do, do, do kind of speed. So if you put a song at like 122 or something, it's still that, but it's like, that's more like a deep house kind of like slowed down kind of vibe. Yeah. So I think about BPMs a lot for that. And then for um, kind of like the key of the song, um, you know, using a strange key, like putting something in C sharp instead of C because like everybody can sit down on a white, uh, play all the white keys on a piano and be like, Oh, there's a C major scale or something doing something like that. And then sometimes I don't know how this affects people or doing it, but I seem to remember uh, hearing that the whole universe is vibrating around like, like kind of like a B flat or something. Wow. And so I feel like B flat is <laughs> a pretty like chill key to put your that song sounds in, awesome. in harmony. With the that universe. sounds amazing. <laughs> I love it, dude. I mean, that makes sense. You know, like how, I like how you're sort of like thinking about like the, the listener's experience and sort mm-hmm. of how like the song that you're making is going to, um mirror or um influence the kind of experience that the person's gonna have like you know what i mean like the pace that they're gonna move or the way they're they're gonna you know kind of engage with the music i think that's incredible i think that's on the same idea of like just being conscious of like sort of how the sound the sonic quality and organization of the work you're creating is like Mm -hmm. you know outside of just the lyrical quality which i find lyrics sometimes when they're paired right with the the melody of the music or the way the music is Mm -hmm. and the the lyric hits at the right point in the song that's where like i have the biggest emotional experiences in music yeah you know what i mean where it's like the right word at the exact perfect time of like where all the sounds are coming yeah just like being intentional about about those things are really fascinating um I don't know. I think sound like it's something because I love music. I like to sing, but I'm not like mm-hmm. a singer, but like I don't play any instruments. But like I think about music a lot in relation to the art I make because, um, you know, I've had certain synesthesia experiences where I'm yeah. like, you know what I mean? Where I'm seeing 100%. sounds or yeah. I'm like hearing, you know, like I'm I'm hearing something, but I'm like, see, yeah, seeing the light or like vice versa, like I'm seeing yeah. something and hearing it. And so there is such a relationship between what I'm doing and what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And like, I wish there was a way to like tap into that space more consciously in yeah. this moment to see like how you can manipulate that and like give someone else that kind of experience, you know? I, yeah. I've always thought about like a color wheel and just sort of like the way Western music divides this um, an octave into like 12 steps and thinking of like, for some reason, I mean, I don't, I'm not synesthetic. I feel like I've had uh, moments of feeling like I was or wishing <laughs> that I was or like seeing, like when I was a kid, it used to be more prominent with like, um, with like an A or a G, like around in that kind of frequency range, just like a orangey red kind of color. And nice. then like over towards E is more of like a blue sort of vibe. And, uh, but I remember when I was a kid, like, 
numbers were certain colors and like some days of the week were like very obviously certain colors to me and I I feel like that's like a thing with uh, synesthesia is like just sort of like being like oh yeah Wednesday's yellow like everybody knows that and then thinking about (laughs) it like wait what like Wednesday's not yellow for you what color is it oh it's just Wednesday all right cool (laughs) (laughs) there is such this relationship you know between those things I mean even when we look at like um you know, we look at the light spectrum, right? And we think about yeah. like the frequency of a wavelength is actually what determines its color. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But then you translate that into what the sound result would be. I mean, you're going to get a particular sound. And I think that's sort of where the Selfeggio thing is kind of interesting to explore. I'm yeah. also interested. Go yeah. ahead. Sorry. No, no, man. you go ahead. You go ahead. You go ahead. Um, yeah. Like with the Selfeggio frequencies relating to certain chakras and something like binaural beats are um, a very like, um, like there's kind of like an outcome or something. Or like people are trying to get something specific out of using them. Be like, I want to like be able to study and retain this information. Uh, so I'm going to listen to this type of binaural beat or something. Do the solfeggio frequencies have like a similar kind of thing of where people are like, I'm going to do some heart chakra thing because there's something yeah. that I want to focus on in this area. Like how, definitely. to your knowledge, like how yeah, is that? That's, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So like I have some, like I remember I used to, there used to be this community acupuncture place like around the corner from my house. I'm sad they're gone. I, I, uh-huh. I miss you community acupuncture. It was great. <laughs> uh, but I would go in there and I would plug into, I have this like playlist of, um, of different like selfeggio you know songs that are kind of geared toward the different chakras and i would just like have like a healing session and i would like you know so each one would resonate with a certain part of the body and then there's a whole system aligned with the chakras so like Mm -hmm. you know like from you know the base chakra the what's called like in you know vedic systems like the muladhar chakra the root you know, Mm -hmm. has to do with like survival has to do with like sort Mm -hmm. of bodily autonomy and like a feeling of safety, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, there's, there's, so there's stuff that's aligned with each of them. And so you couldn't, so you do intentionally, like, I know that there are like artists out there, musicians who intentionally use those frequencies for healing Mm. certain parts of the body, which are associated with different psychological states, um, as well. So yeah, yeah, it's just a cool thing. I don't know. I'm I'm not a you know a musician, so like I don't really fully understand the language or the the technical side of it. But I just find that always to be fascinating. And I think about sound so much as like you know you you uh, mentioned you know that you were a Christian. Like I think about mm-hmm. the Bible. Like in the beginning was yeah. the word, which you know is sound. You know, yeah, sound uh-huh. creates everything. And then have you ever looked at like cymatics before? How like I never sound even thought about the word, how that is like a sound that's like spoken. That spoke, yeah. The sound. Dude, yeah. yeah the word was God. <laughs> like, um, whatever it is. Like the know? Bible starts with like, first off, there's like string theory and something vibrated and then yeah. creation happened. <laughs> exactly, right? And so I think about like cymatics, which is the study of sound's impact on matter. And okay. when you play certain frequencies, so I don't, you can, you can probably YouTube this and look at it. Anyone yeah. out there, if you've never seen it, it's so fascinating and beautiful to see, but essentially like, you take like a metal plate and you put any kind of crystalline structure on it, whether it's like sand or salt or something that's crystalline and yeah. you, you pile it on this metal plate and then you have like a speaker underneath it and you play certain, you have like a, um, I don't know what it's called, but like a, a thing where you can just play tones, like frequencies, you sure. know what I mean? A tone yeah, generator. Like a- 
yeah. sort of thing. And so you yeah. play certain frequencies and then there are certain points. I think this again is part of the Selfagio thing. It's like when you get to a certain frequency, all of a sudden the crystals vibrate and then they form like a perfect symmetrical, you know, mandala. And mm -hmm. then the, the more intense the frequency is, the more complex the pattern becomes. And so wow. it's just like, whoa, like crazy, you know? Yeah, so thinking, I am looking at images of this as you're talking about it. And yeah. it's blowing my mind. It's like, crazy it's cool. Like stuff, but like yes. so much more infinitely complicated. Oh my God. Yeah, they get crazy. I remember once um, I was with uh, some of my friends here. We, we used to throw this party on Mardi Gras, um, the wake of uh -huh. Endymion. Uh, shout uh -huh. out to the mother roos and all the mothers <laughs> out there. But um, we used to throw this party and we would have, you know, our friends who are in bands play and stuff. And our yeah. um, one of my buddies, Forrest, he had this like old school overhead projector, like your old math teacher would have with like, right. you know, right. And he would put these dishes of water on it. And with the sound, the subwoofer, especially in that space, it would vibrate mm -hmm. and you would see these incredible patterns just wow. pop up on the water projected onto the band's faces and stuff that is insane so, cool. so there is right. again this relationship between like form you uh -huh. know visual form and sound and yeah you know what i mean and so um it's i think there's such dude you're making me think of my science teacher in high school showed us this thing of where like if you tie a laser pointer to the ceiling and get it to be perfectly still so it's just like projecting just a point mm -hmm. onto the wall that you can see and then you put like a speaker next to it, kind of like how you're saying, and you can play like classical music and it will just vibrate it. So it'll make like these like gently shifting orbs and stuff. Wow. You play it like rock or, or like hip hop or something. And it's like these like jagged edges of like, uh, like when the kick is hitting or yeah. like, and he's like, this is what's happening to your eardrum when you listen to this crap. <laughs> <And we're> like, <laughs> like, Shut up. But that's yeah. cool. But think about that, like it is cool, you know? And it's something you know, back to what we're talking about, like everything is interconnected and related. It's like, you know, you go far yeah. enough one way, you go far enough this way, you're going to end up right, right next to it on the other side, you know, like everything oh, yeah. is interrelated mm -hmm. um, with itself. And so for you and I, who are, you know, both artists and, you know, but mm -hmm. working with a different medium, like, I think we're still like exploring the same ideas, you know, in some way, mm -hmm. like how do we communicate? How do we express? And how do we also evolve our way of communicating, expressing so that we can connect with, yeah. with our audiences more and more deeply, more and more um, effectively um, over time, you know, yeah. and we're using, I'm using reflected light waves, you uh -huh. know, you're using sound waves, but um, you're also using language. I use language um, through titles. Like I like to have, you know, kind mm -hmm. of poetic or sort of weird titles like you know whimsical yeah. titles and stuff but they're kind of related to what i'm thinking yeah. about with the work and stuff so there's yeah. so much you know things we have in common here you know well, art is just communicating emotion isn't it you know right like, I was yeah trying to think of like what the definition of music would be and it's like i guess it's like sound experienced over time but that could also be stuff that isn't music that could be like and then you could argue that, you know, like just listening to traffic passing by is music. It's just a different kind. But I feel like the third part of it is like a feeling communicated through sound over time. But if yeah. what we're talking about is like, it's sort of just like waves 
communicated over time with the goal of like a feeling because I look at your art and I feel a certain way and if I'm just looking at something and not feeling it it's like I don't perceive it as art even if it is but if it makes me feel something yeah and like that's the point that's that connection of like we're all you know feeling and experiencing something like the ultimate musical experience to me is that like feeling that you get when you're like in a crowd at a live show and you like are looking at the people next to you and they're having like the best time and you're having the best time yes. you happen to make eye contact or something it's not like who's this weird stranger looking at me it's just like this kind of like yeah yeah we we're here together it. you know we yeah we're having this like shared experience together uh-huh. you know <laughs> and um yeah to me like those i know exactly what you mean that's exactly what i love about going to concerts and experiencing uh-huh. live music i'm curious for you like because touring is such a big part of being a musician mm-hmm. like what is your view of touring? Like, how do you approach a tour? Like in terms of your intention behind him, like are tours like opportunities to like get better at like playing together and also at the same time connecting? Like, cause I can imagine it being, having its own different challenges outside of just writing the music. Like what are your relationships with, with touring as a musician? It's um yeah, it's a lot more like being, uh, you can sit in a studio and be comfortable and like, order food and like sit there and be comfy tour is like so much more about like you're just brought to being like yeah this is also kind of like about survival it's like make sure that like we don't crash the van and that we like get enough sleep and we get there on time and like do our thing but um you're kind of like a uh it's a little bit more of like a vibe of being like a um like a pro athlete on a smaller level of like for me I have to make sure that my voice is sounding good and so Mm -hmm. like have to like think about like what I'm putting in my body and like how I'm taking care of myself and uh but being on tour is like it's one half like just a really intense form of marketing and the other half the true half is like this is what it's all about is like getting in front of people who are going to like have an experience with your music and uh that is like the real like spiritual reason of like why I want to do this at all is because that's kind of like what it's all about. And so then you start to find like different crowds have different uh, vibes and like different cities will have different kind of personalities that you can start to pick up on. Like I'm here in LA right now and like LA, I love you, but like a very like folded arm, nodding your head kind of energy of like, uh yeah this is pretty cool um I'm gonna get another drink you guys good okay (laughs) this is fun right where there's like a more um in some places we went to uh Richland Washington which is much more of like a uh unbridled like just sheer joy kind of energy but our experience of that was rolling up being like where's Richland Washington like what is this (laughs) place getting there and then being like yo, this is a Thai restaurant. This isn't a venue. What are we doing here? (laughs) And then talking to the owner and she's like, oh yeah, like it's actually, it turns into like this kind of like club at night. And it's like, it's had a bunch of famous jazz musicians come through. Victor Wooten used to come here and like play all the time. And wow. Okay. All right. 
And then people started kind of like coming in and we're getting set up to play the show. And I pop outside for a second. And there's this guy who like offers me like some of his joint. And he's like, dude, like I know all the words to your songs and like, you're my favorite band. And I was just wow. like, what is happening right now? I thought we were just at the Thai restaurant, you know? That's and it's so something cool. Else. <laughs> you just never know who you're going to like connect with, you know? Yeah. And I think the point is to put it out there and to be touring and getting into people's spaces and showing face and like mm -hmm. really like and getting to experience your energy because i think you know yeah. a rule of thumb i have is like you never really know how good or uh, a band is or understand a band until you see them perform yeah you know because you can you can do so much in the studio post-production these days like you know the energy and the authenticity the moment like they're on stage mm -hmm. and they're mm -hmm. expressing themselves and letting themselves go and embodying. Yeah. you're like you become a channel do you feel that way when you perform that you just like empty yourself dude you, you know? gotta be like like i don't know what heaven is gonna be like or like what that's gonna be like after we're dead but i feel like it's gonna be just an endless concert that i'm always <laughs> playing for me it's like oh this sort of like you're not thinking about what you're doing but you do have to be thinking about like how things are going it's like a conversation you're having with mm -hmm. like looking at people and like how their vibe is and what's your vibe but if you start actually thinking like that's the moment i'll be like oh crap like i just forgot like the words for the next part or like i'm like you know yeah. like suddenly aware that I'm like playing a guitar that is uh here and I'm listening and so I just try to you try to like turn your brain off entirely yeah. and yeah channel that energy just be in the moment you've rehearsed you've you know what you're doing don't think about it just do it because even like it's either like you know if it's like a huge show where there's like a bunch of people you could be like oh no the moment's too big for me i'm gonna like screw up and then you will manifest that you will screw up yeah, or right or if it's the opposite and you're like playing to um like the bartender and the other opening bands who are there and no one else and you're just like what's the point like why are we here we're you know like losing money and like i'm only getting older and like everything's <laughs> hopeless or you can just be like <laughs> you know what fuck it floor to the floor like we're just like gonna get out here and bring like go as hard as we possibly can yeah. and those few times I feel like uh that you like get to just sort of just go for it in front of no one you never really know who who's there and who's not there yeah, and man. you never know, know who ever... needs it you know like who yeah. might need this medicine right now you know yes, what i mean 100%. like who needs this medicine right now like you're performing a service you and you know and it's a sacrifice in a way you have to like like we we're talking about at the very beginning when we mm -hmm. hear about like the ego you know like this mm -hmm. this tendency to want to like you know achieve praise and success and all that but yeah like, that stuff's all ephemeral. It's not the point of what this is. The point is oh. like what you were saying, like the communication, you yeah. know, and the connection yes. that you're creating. So like, if you're doing that with that one person who's sitting at the bar, just like, damn, this is sick. Like, then you, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. then that's, that's part of the mission too, you know, is like, yes, you, regardless of who shows up, they're going to get the medicine of my love that I put in and my blood, sweat and tears I put into manifesting and creating this thing that never existed before you know yeah. and here uh -huh. it is right now it's hard to yeah. remember that though i'm sure at times and that's the journey of any artist it's gonna i mean we're all human know. yeah like we're gonna like feel discouraged or encouraged by like good or bad things but um it's a really uh like 
it's kind of like this like really temporary thing live shows of like you are playing a show with these people and it's like this this particular version of these songs and this particular moment that you're having with this particular crowd and it's like there and then like it's over and like that'll never happen again you could there can be another show the same set list even maybe even the same people if it's like crazy enough that that could turn out but it'll be a different show yeah, every time each time it's like this you know we're having a conversation right now and like um the only way it could ever be the same every time is if we like just wrote it down and then like posted it on a blog but even then like the the reader of that conversation would have a certain mood that they were in and whatever's happening in their life and it's going to come out a slightly different way so you're trying to cut down to I think about this when I'm writing songs too is like what is that like pure simple like what is what is like the essence of like this like catchy melody that I'm trying to write like what is what is like the most like basic pure simple thing that I can put out there that's going to be like speaks to something larger and uh gets to that like triple entendre level that I'm going for when I write lyrics like if somebody's like hey man like what is your song about I'm rarely going to be like all right this is like what I wrote this song about this is exactly what it means I'm more like well, like, what did you get out of it? Like, what does this right. mean to you? Mm-hmm. And sometimes they'll hit on like one of the two things that I intended. Maybe there's like a third level that like, I didn't even know was there. And I'm like hearing somebody else's reading of the song. I've been like, oh, wow. Yeah, I guess it's hard for me to like take credit for being like, yeah, I totally meant that too. But like it, now it means that because yeah. it's out of my hands. It's not, it doesn't belong to me anymore. It's yes. like, a, you know, it's like something that I helped create or I created and then like it was no longer mine and everybody else is uh it's it belongs to them now yeah it's channeled it's created through you you know through the filter of your personality your life experience your your skill sets and stuff but at Uh the end of the day like yeah it doesn't belong to you anymore once it's out there I feel that way about my art it's like I can't stand there and like defend my art forever like it has to live its own life like a child like you got to let it live its own life and it's going to survive or it's not but like you can't be there to try to control that mm-hmm. fact you just have to you just have to let it out and put it out yeah. there you sound you like know? a good dad man <laughs> <laughs> i like being a dad i have a great yeah. I have a great little son you know he's he loves the podcast he actually every time i get done with the podcast he wants to jump on and record his his podcast which is generally about oh. fo- football these days that's awesome how old is he he's four he's four he's so it's, four? it's it's bonkers it's hilarious it's wow. like yeah no but that's, that's been an amazing process to like get back into that creative childlike mind that imaginative yes. realm you know mm-hmm. i'm already like in it all the time just by virtue of what i do but regardless if you consider yourself being an artist or not like i think it's mm-hmm. so crucial to be in that continually connected to these imaginal spaces because that's where like mm-hmm that's the realm of infinite possibility. And if you're cut off from that, your life is ultimately, in my opinion, limited, Um, you know? And so like, he reminds me of that all the time, you know, Mm -hmm. this playful spirit that he has. Um, That's amazing. I don't have any kids, but like, that's gotta be like, I just can't even imagine just like the trippy yeah (laughs) it's trippy man kids really like know what's going on too with like what you're saying about just just unbridled creativity and like playing and like pretending stuff like that is the most activated and stimulated like the human brain gets is when you're playing when you're just having fun with stuff definitely dude 
you know, I know important. we have to, we have to find ways to cultivate that. Like, I'm sure yeah. you're playing a lot with like little riffs on the guitar, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And getting silly, you know, with your bandmates, yeah. I can imagine that, you yeah. know, like, and then all of a sudden you just through that, you stumble across like a certain arrangement of notes or like that you've never really mm -hmm. put together before. And you're like, I'm going to remember that. And it's coming yeah. to play at some point. <laughs> I think that's where some of the best things can happen. And I think, cause I think the energy of play to me is not attachment. It's mm -hmm. not like this high stake, super serious business. It's the opposite, you know? <laughs> and yeah. so like, that's where you're going to get, like, you're going to get some of the real magical qualities of artistry coming through. Um, mm -hmm. So like cultivating that to me is, is really important, you know? It's, it's super important too. Yeah, There's um, no creativity without like playtime, you know, Definitely. like you've got to set aside time to be like, you know, I'm not, I, oh man, I need to like finish this for that or whatever. Like, no, you need to, you know, sit down when it doesn't matter when you're just, you know, it doesn't, there's no like stakes to this and yes. I'm just going to like try something out and it's going to be cool or it's not going to be cool. And I don't care. I'm going to try something else. Yeah, yeah, man. My, uh, my band and I were uh, rehearsing in the, uh, in on the East coast when we were doing like the last part of our tour. And we, for the first time was, we're like, I feel like we have like everything down that we need to have down. We can just kind of screw around now. And we played like tub thumping by Chumbawamba. I get knocked out. You know, <laughs> we played, uh, we have a song called succulent. That's a very like, um, it's kind of like a very succulenty sounding kind of song. <laughs> it just like punked it out and we're like nice. playing it like a punk, punk band or something. Oh, cool. And it worked. And it was just like, everybody was just like smiling afterwards. Yeah, Nobody man. was like, uh like i don't know it's it's fun it's a fun job but it's still a job sometimes we're like done with the rehearsal and be like oh, all right man well yeah i'm gonna go like you know hit the gym and i'll see you later bye or whatever it is yeah whatever it is just like talking about like what we were just doing and like joking and yeah it was fun you know dude <laughs> and, and you got to keep that in it you know what i mean because if you mm -hmm. lose that because it's not always going to be fun but like you got to make yeah. sure i feel like to find those touch points where you remember why it is you're doing this thing in the first place why it is you're sacrificing what you're sacrificing you yeah. know what i mean in terms yeah. of all the things that artists have to sacrifice in order to pursue their craft mm -hmm. and evolve yeah. you know yeah. it's so important it is 100%. Like, well, I'm grateful to artists like yourself because like it lives the example. You know what I mean? Like, you know, <laughs> to see you, you know, to see you out there doing what you're doing is just, it's Thank just you. really special and inspires me as a visual artist because it's like, here's a, a like-minded person who's out there pursuing what they love, putting it on the line, mm -hmm. you know, growing and changing and trying to continue to like be, you know, the pure expression of who you are you know what i mean that individuality and like it's a beautiful thing you know yes Thank we're you. all one but i think our individual expressions is what makes life worth living because it's so exciting and interesting otherwise Dude, it'd be hella boring yeah you inspired the crap out of me too i'm just like sitting here thinking about like we met um like i think like at the usc or playing on the lacrosse team or something was the first time <laughs> i met you yeah and dude, now like, here we are about? Like oh, having man. gone to this like uh way too expensive school and we're both <laughs> like, yo, I'm gonna make art. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, dude. I don't care. Yeah, I'm I gonna remember go to the truth rather than uh, you know, 
dollar signs. And but I, I think, think that's why we were always like connected. You know what I mean? Like we, uh-huh. you know, of course we've kind of lost touch like over the years a little bit, but I've always like kept an eye on what you're up to. And like, Likewise, we've always man. like, we've always maintained that connection because I think we recognize like we're on, we're on a similar path of like pursuit, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. through our artistry and, um, you know, and that connection is going to make, you know, maintain itself for a long time, dude. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm, I'm so st- glad you reached out and wanted to do this podcast. I yes. was just like super stoked. And I was like, yeah, man, you know, no. it was as if we'd been talking this whole time. And I, I know, know right. <laughs> dude, you know, like time is really a weird thing like that. You know, we could it go is. over a decade without saying a word to each other and look at us. We're just riffing and talking. I mean, it's been uh-huh. like, you know, an hour and 15 minutes. So it's been amazing having you on the podcast. And for those of you out there who haven't heard the sometimes Island and you got to check them out on their Instagram, I'm going to have everything in the show notes for you. Um, Mm -hmm. and so please listen to their music, download it on your Spotify or your Apple music, wherever you listen to your music and, um, check out when you come on tour. I know a lot of musicians, a lot of them, you know, new Orleans is a tricky place for musicians to tour through because of our I don't know how to say, but if you were ever you want to come to New Orleans, you better let me know and I can, you know, help can you, you out whatever way I can. You know, I've never even been to New Orleans. I grew up in Texas. What? I've never even been Dude. there. Dude. Well, we'll talk yeah. later. We'll talk later, man. We gotta okay. make, we gotta make that happen. <laughs> we will. But, um, I love you so much, man. I appreciate love you. And too. this has been such a fun conversation, dude. Super excited yes. to connect. And um, yeah, Pleasure y'all check it out. The Sometimes Island. All right, really? peace, y'all. Later. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of Concerning the Spiritual and Art. Um, If you like what you're listening to, please uh, leave a comment. uh, Give me a rating on whatever podcast platform you're you're tuning in on. And uh, help me get the word out. Share it with any friends or family, anyone you think might be interested in uh, what I'm doing over here. Super excited to bring a lot more of this content to you. Sending lots of love out to each and every one of you. Peace, y'all.